Hello and welcome to Pardon the Integration, Closing Security Gaps, a podcast where we tackle three top trends in the channel today. I'm your host, Ed Hannon, and I'm joined today by my guest, Shane Cooper, Manager, Sales Engineering with WebRoot. With 25 years experience as a technical sales leader, Shane's approach is to solve problems by bringing value and insight to the discussion. As a communicator, Shane's relationship with customers ensures that everyone is on the same page, working together and fully aligned in solving complex technical issues. As a technical sales professional, Shane has successfully worked with MSP partners, channel partners, and various customers through the years to ensure the technology he represents solves a problem and ensures their ongoing success. Shane, thank you so much for being here today. My pleasure. Excellent, let's get down to it. Today, Shane and I are going to discuss closing security gaps. And the way that the show works is we have three topics we'll be discussing throughout the broadcast. And we have three minutes to talk about each topic. Topic one is keeping systems up to date. Topic two, restrict remote desktop protocol access. And topic three, invest in intelligent technology. For those of you watching at home, or in the office, or anywhere else, you'll be able to see a countdown clock on the bottom of your screen. But let's get started with segment one, keeping systems up to date. Shane, why is patching important? You know, the main reason is exploits. Um, software has bugs and things happen you know, all the time. There's no perfect software out there. So the reality is the bad guys find some kind of gap or opening and it's called an exploit. How can they take advantage of that software patching basically blocks and stops the most common current activity. And so that's it, pretty much keep it up to date. Excellent, now I guess the next question would be, when we talk about patching, one of the things that we go with is, how easy is it exactly to distribute malware? Well, again, depending on the type of uh, you know, exploit, typically network-driven exploits really is the most common, and malware gets on a device, discovers all the other devices around it, and kind of going back to some previous discussions, uh, not to open up a topic about networks, but segmenting your network stops those malware guys from crossing and getting into all the other devices that they shouldn't. But in theory, if they get in, uh, network uh, transfer across network devices is the most common uh, mechanism for malware distribution. And for those of you who want to know more about what Shane just mentioned, check out our other podcast, Shoring Up Your Network and Security Policies. But let's get back to this one for a sec here. Um, the last question I have in this segment is, and it's, it's one of those terms that, that people throw around, and I'm not sure if people know what it actually means. You would know what it means. So what are zero-day threats? So it is one of those terms that everybody kind of uses and, and they throw it around and really don't understand. And really, it's quite simple. It's actually software that has not been fully uh, built. And the malware basically builds itself on the fly and builds it unique to that device. So that's zero day. That is nobody's ever seen that software before. It's brand new, built on the fly. Those binaries land on that device and it is now unique to that device and it can start doing its bad, you know, bad, whatever bad malicious activity that it was in, uh, designed to do. So that's zero day. It is brand new, never seen before, built on the fly software. Just for my edification and for our viewers' edification, how common, you know, are those zero day threats? Is that, is that a common thing or is that one of those things that's like a buzzword, but it doesn't actually ever happen? It's actually very common, uh, believe it or not. I would say 75% or greater of the malware out there is attacking in some form of zero-day approach. 
uh, in a variety of different ways without getting off into the, the threat, threat landscape. But it is much more common than you, than you think. Um, zero day, things that we've never seen before uh, are, are happening you know, all the time. Scary stuff. Uh, let's move on to segment two. Restrict remote desktop protocol access. What makes uh, remote desktop protocol ports so appealing to cyber criminals? Well, uh, it is actually one of the biggest problems uh, we've seen. Our threat reports have, have reported this over the past two years. It's been a surge. And the bottom line is it's on everybody's computer. Everybody's PC, uh, even a lot of Macs have, uh, you know, we support Microsoft products and we all put RDP on. So the, the, the thing is, it's prevalent. Everybody has it. It kind of comes with the systems. And so, you know, the bad guys go and look for ways to get on devices. And the easiest is find something that's on every computer. And if it's uh, open through a firewall, then bam, your, uh, your bad guys are going to knock on that door until they can get in. And just to follow up on that, the next question would be, what happens when those cyber criminals actually gain access to the RDP port? So the reality is, it's game over, to be frank. Um, typically, when they break in, a bad guy gets in, he's going to get elevated privileges. He is now an admin on that network, and at that point, they can pretty much do anything they want. Uh, so we kind of call that game over. Um, they get in, they can access all the devices, and then at that point, they can run whatever their you know, intent is, whether they're trying to get credentials, credit card information, you know, lock your machine down, manually run ransomware, by the way. That's kind of one of the really bad things that they do when they get in. Uh, they literally will just run the software as if they're sitting on that machine because they've turned all the security protocols off. They've turned off all the security software, and then they have carte blanche access to everything on that, on that network. That is incredibly scary stuff. So I guess the, 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 the sort of, to bring it full circle, how can folks secure those RDP ports to prevent access? To prevent, I'm sorry, to prevent attack. Yep. So there's really a couple of different ways you can do it. Uh, one is just turn it off, obviously. Pull the plug, just don't allow it. You know, use another tool. There's all kinds of other remote desktop tools out there that have encryption and management schemes. So that's probably the, you know, the, the first thing we always try to suggest. However, you know, given budgets and given finances, everybody's like, you know, I can use RDP and still do uh, what I need to do uh, on a budget. And that's fair. So there are ways to harden your network. There are ways to block and stop, you know, from users from keep on knocking on the door, like setting your password schemes to three tries, you're, you're out or something of that nature. Um, we actually have a link somewhere on the website and we can provide that uh, on Webroot's website that gives you those detailed guidance on exactly how to uh, stop and block uh, any RDP ports out there and to harden your network. That's great stuff. It really is. So um, let's, let's bring this kind of full circle in segment three. Uh, investing in intelligent technology. How, Shane, how can um, AI and machine learning stop those zero-day threats? So, yeah, this is the big thing. It's, a, it's, a, it's also a buzzword a little bit. Uh, so the reality is look at the tools that you're using and, and confirm that, they're, that they really are using some variation of machine learning, which is a subset of AI, uh, to, you know, to basically look at the behavior, because AI or, or machine learning looks at, it's kind of like it looks like a duck, smells like a duck, and walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck. If it's matching all those things, then the machine learning uh, algorithms that we have programmed and initiated, we can look at that zero-day thing that got built on the fly and say, looks like a duck, looks like a bad guy, let's shut that thing down and stop and block it from doing any more malicious activity. And how can you shorten the time that it takes to detect and remediate threats? 
Yeah, that's a that's a toughie. Uh, simply because we don't always know exactly what the malicious actors all you know all about. Sometimes they'll do time-based systems where they'll throw something on a device and wait four or five hours. So it could be a minute, couple of seconds, milliseconds, or it could be hours. So it kind of depends. I mean, I hate to say that, but uh, it kind of depends. Okay. <laughs> how can uh, how can advanced? And this is the last question. How can advanced behavioral analysis? and contextual data stop threats proactively? Yeah, as I touched on the uh, kind of the, the behavior component, really, it's really all about, you know, let's look at what this thing is doing. It's a brand new piece of software that got built on the fly, lands on a device, and launches and starts doing things. And the idea is, let's figure out what it's doing. And if it's doing a whole bunch of things that, you know, start matching bad behavior, uh, and, and the agent is analyzing that information and looking at what it's doing, then we can quickly decide if it's acting bad. Because a lot of bad actors take advantage of things that look normal, but combined together start to act bad uh, and do all kinds of bad things. So really it's that, that behavior analytics is key on any kind of security tool that you're looking at. Excellent stuff. That's all the time we have for today, Shane. So thank you so much for being here. And before we go, I just want to offer my three takeaways from today's program. Takeaway one, you must keep systems up to date. Number two, you must restrict remote desktop protocol access by whatever means you're able to do it safely and securely uh, with, you know, with the help from folks like WebRoot. And also, you must invest in intelligent technology. So with all that said, I'd like to thank you again for watching. And my name is Ed Hannon. This has been Pardon the Integration, Closing Security Gaps.